This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Cloak and Dagger was an NBC radio series, a foreign intrigue adventure adapted from the book Cloak and Dagger by Corey Ford. The show was broadcast from May 7th to October 22nd, 1950, with a cast that included Raymond Edmund Johnson, Everett Sloan, and Jackson Beck. Scriptwriter Willis Cooper directed the series he's best remembered for creating and writing the old-time radio programs Lights Out and Quiet, Please. Research support provided by Percy Hoskins, British journalist, crime reporter, and author. Stories on Cloak and Decker came right out of the Washington files of OSS, the Office of Strategic Services. A 1950 newspaper article commented, The stories dramatized each week are true, and yet as fantastic as any fiction writer might be able to dream up. So let's give a listen to the episode entitled Brenner Pass. Are you willing to undertake a dangerous mission behind the enemy lines, knowing you may never return alive? What you have just heard is the question asked during the war to agents of the OSS, ordinary citizens who to this question answered, yes. This is Cloak and Dagger. Espionage, international intrigue. These are the weapons of the OSS. Today's story, The Brenner Pass, is the story of an American engineer who single-handed cut off the escape of part of the German army in Italy from onrushing American troops. The Brenner Pass is suggested by actual incidents recorded in the Washington files of the Office of Strategic Services. A story that can now be told. No, Padre, I don't want it. Ecco, qualche cosa bene. Drink it. Drink this figlio mio. It will warm your insides. I... I want to talk to you. I... I want to tell you. Drink this first. Uh, I'm so tired. Rest then. So... so tired. Rest. You... You won't give me away, will you? You'll hide me if the Germans come, won't you, Padre? Won't you? You came to me, my son, because you knew I'd give you sanctuary. 
Any man has sanctuary in this house. Yes, I, yes, I've but... I've taken an oath, filio mio. Anything you tell me, only God and I will witness. And if I had not taken this oath, I still would not give you away. Thank you, Father. You are an American, that much you have told me. Do you want to tell me more, or do you want to sleep first? No, no. It is better you sleep first. I'll sit beside you, I won't leave. No. No, Padre, I want to tell you there may not be much time. I have a feeling that time is running out for me. Yes, my name was Donald Harper. I say was because somehow I don't feel as if I have a name anymore. When you're tracked down and hunted, you're not a human being. There's no past or future. There's just the present, and you run. So much has happened in a few weeks that it's hard for me to remember. Remember back from this morning when you found me unconscious on the steps of the chapel. Back to the morning I was sent on my mission. November 12th, 1944. Captain Harper, I'm well aware of everything we have to gain if this scheme of yours succeeds. You but... still think it's just a scheme, eh, Colonel? I don't have to think. I know what your chances are of actually getting through to the Brenner Pass and blowing up that highway. And I know what'll happen to you if the Italian fascists or the German police get you. I know a couple of things, too, Colonel. One of them is the country up there in the mountains. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I nearly broke my neck half a dozen times when I was a kid climbing the rocks around my grandmother's hut. And just before the war, I took a trip from the States to see her again. I skied over every inch of that mountain near the Brenner Pass. Colonel, I know I can do it. We've been through this before, Harper. I'm aware of everything in your favor. Your knowledge of the country. The fact that you were an engineer before the Just war. Just but... give me supplies. Some TNT, an Italian uniform, and some phony papers in case I tangle with the fascisti. It's all I need, Colonel. I tell you, I can do it. It's true. If that highway to the Brenner Pass could be destroyed, it would take the Germans months to repair it. It would cut off one of their retreats out of Germany. Of in course. Now, we'd have them where we want them when the American armies advance. Their backs to the mountains and no way out. That's it. That's it. Your permission, Colonel. Please let me try it. Uh, you say your grandmother's hut is right near your objective? Yes, sir. I'll give you names to memorize of other partisans in the mountains who might help you on the way. I'll have all the supplies you requested, and you can leave. And... From the beginning, Padre, I had bad luck. It snowed during most of the 40-mile journey... And it was difficult for me to move quickly. And the longer it took me, the more chance I had of being discovered. Then it came. You know what a storm is like here in the mountains. How it can blind you and throw you against the rocks. When it was all over... 
I realized what had happened. I had been thrown off my course. But that wasn't the worst of it. My knapsack was gone. All my supplies. And the packet with papers the OSS had forged for me. I had no identification now. And no food. But I still had the TNT for the highway near Ampezzo. There is a tavern, Padre, not far from Parola. It wasn't sheer recklessness, but desperation that made me go in there knowing I had no papers. Knowing the tavern catered to Nazis and fascisti. Knowing the rucksack on my back was filled with explosives. But there was no other place for miles, and I had to get food or I couldn't go on. Come, Tony, tell us more of the story. Oh, well, as I've already told you, she was fat and prima donna. Yeah, yeah. Some uh, bread and cheese, if you have it, and some coffee, black. Very strong, if you have it, please. See? Where is the PIO there? Bring it fast if you know what's good for you. Yeah, see, 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 fast. Bring it fast if you know what is good for you. See, see, coming right away. I tried to make myself as inconspicuous as possible. I hoped the Germans would continue to be amused by the Italian girl and not ask to see my papers. I had nearly frozen in the snow a half hour before. Now the sweat broke out all over my forehead. Pay attention to her, I kept praying. Watch her, watch her. Don't even look my way. Here you are, senor. Cheese, bread, coffee. Oh, grazie. It is here. I have it here, right here. Oh, that soldier must be important to be served first. Come here, soldier. Come over here and tell us how important you are. I know, I... I, I'm not important at all. Forgive me. The, the waiter should have served you first. He's right. He's not important. Uh, come, come. Take a sip of my beer, Tony. It will make it taste better. No, no, no. Let the soldier have beer with us. No, no. Poor soldier. He's all alone. Buongiorno. Come and have some beer with us, soldier. No, I... I... Grazie, signorina. I... I will just finish this coffee and, and then I must go. Wait a minute. You must not be rude, soldier. Men are never rude to me. If I ask you to drink with us, you must. No, no, please, signorina. Some other time, perhaps. Now, now I must go. Ha! You're afraid of me. Afraid of girls and afraid to drink beer. Oh, you should be back in your mama's lap, I think. <laughs> I will give you some beer now. Perhaps you will acquire a taste for it. Here. <laughs> she threw it in my face. I felt it start to trickle down my neck, and I could hear the Germans laughing themselves sick. I wanted to snap that small neck of hers in half for making me the center of attraction. Grazie, waiter. Sure, 
You are very sure you're not followed here to my house? Very sure, amico, and it's snowing again. Even the tracks from my snowshoes are covered. We must be careful, very careful, all of us partisans. The Germans are closing in on us. Do you know what would happen if they found out I took you in? An American. This would happen. But I tell you, there's nothing to worry about, and I'll be gone in the morning. Ah, in the morning. One, one. All I want is a night's rest. There is a bed in the back room you may use, Senor Harper. You are sure you are not followed, very sure. Yes, yes, and I'll be gone in the morning before you're awake. You must think, Senor, that I am being in this business of hospitable, but these times, they're very bad times for all of us. Yes, yes, I know. To leave is important, too. <laughs> yes, in order to fight back later, one must leave now, no? Yes, yes, yes. And the yes. Germans are clever. Very clever. If they knew you were here. <sighs> I was too tired to stand there and listen to the old man's whimpering. Too tired to watch his narrow eyes like small brown buttons dart about the room, looking first at the windows and then at the door, half expecting the Gestapo to come. All I wanted to do was sleep. I fell across the bed. But a few minutes later, I sat bolt upright, listening to the voices in the next room. Daughter is here. An American in the back room, sleeping. Are you sure? Are you sure he's an American, Father? His name is Harper. Donald Harper, Tony. The American OSS sent him. Oh, an American, eh? <laughs> oh, how the German police would like to know that. <laughs> that girl... The girl from the tavern, the friend of the Germans. I didn't stay to hear any more. There was a small door leading out to the back of the hut. I knew, Padre, that somehow I must have come to the wrong house. I didn't dare take any more chances and stop again until I reached my grandmother's. And I was so tired, so tired. Donaldo, mio. Donaldo. So good it is to see you again. Oh, Nana. Nana. Oh. oh, but how you look. So thin, so tired. Nothing changes here, does it? It could be six years ago or ten. Hmm. Nana sitting here like this, in this house. Ah, oh, your mama, your papa, how are they? Mail does not come here easily any longer. You have heard from them? Yes, Nana, a few weeks ago. They're fine. They tried so hard to get you to America when the war came. I would not go anywhere, Don Mew. This is my home. No one could make me leave my home. Not the Germans, not the Fascisti. Here I stay until the world rights itself again. Oh, but what can I get you? It's a comedy. Make yourself comfortable. You are hungry. Yes, but I'm, I'm too tired to eat. I, I just want to sleep. Do then. I'll make up the room for you later. For now, rest here on this couch. When you wake, I will have food for you. Ah, like the old days, Carmio. My dear one. I'll be in the kitchen. Sleep now. Sleep. I don't know how long I slept. When I awoke, I wondered for a moment where I was. 
And then I saw her standing over me. <laughs> oh, like a little boy you sleep. I've been watching you. You? What are you doing here? Watching you sleep. You don't drink beer, and you're afraid of girls, and you sleep like a little boy. You followed me here. You brought them. What have you done with my grandmother? What? I'll kill you. Oh. I should have killed you then. I will now. Stop. 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 You're hurting. Friend of the Germans, you little she-devil. I'll kill you. Donaldo, here, here, what, what is going on? Nana, you all right? Of course I'm all right. What are you doing? Tony, what is wrong? Oh, your grandson has his mother's hot Italian blood in his veins. He wants to kill me, that's all. Oh, I'm ashamed oh. of you, Donaldo. This girl, she's a friend. Friend? I will get the soup for you, Signora Apicella. Perhaps some soup will cool his temper. But Nana, I... I saw that girl with the German. She's... Oh, she told me about that. She did not know who you were then. Yes, but She I... wondered why you disappeared from her father's house. She knew the name Donald Harper because she heard me speak of you often. So she came here after you. Nana, and I... she saw you asleep. Then she understood why you had run away from her. She was with Germans. I was there. I heard... That girl, Donaldo, is the leader of our group of Parsons. Your leader? But the Germans are... Oh, the Germans. I amuse them. Porky and Imali. I tell them funny stories and they laugh at me. Here's your soup. They do not hear me laugh when I get them drunk and they tell me things I can use to our advantage. Your soup. Drink it. Uh, Tony, I, I'm sorry. I understand. <laughs> que bella questa ragazza, Donaldo. No? Yes, no, no, the girl is very pretty. Oh, Signora Apicelli, you embarrass me. Well, Ronaldo, we are friends now. See? See, Tony. Friends. You work too hard, Caramillo. What are you doing? Oh, drawing diagrams, Nana. I've got all the plans made to blow up that highway early tomorrow morning, and I want to make sure nothing goes wrong. Here. I brought you something to eat. Oh, you'll spoil me, Nana. Mm. But it was good to have you spoil me again these past few days. Ah, how good it is to be able to. Will you leave, then, tomorrow, after you do what you have to do? Yes, I must, but... I'll come back to say goodbye first. Yeah. I come. I come. Ciao, signorina. Ah, ciao, signorina. Where is Donaldo? Tony, what are you doing here? Are you displeased to see me? Where is that partisan friend you were going to send to help me? Here. What? Me, 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 me. I am the friend. Oh, no. I can do as good a job as any man. Let me help you, Donaldo. No, it's crazy. Please, please. Please, let me do oh, it. girl, it's crazy. It is not crazy. Think, think what it will mean for me after you are gone from these mountains. Listening to my fat friends, the Germans, talk about the explosion. And to know secretly that it was I who helped to make it. Please, please. Donaldo. Mio. It's too late to get anyone else. <laughs> That's why I waited so long. <laughs> The only man to get on this short notice is my papa, and he is a scared rabbit. <laughs> I was right the first time. You are a little she-devil. <laughs> si, si. Take her with you, Donaldo. 
All right, then. Pay attention to this diagram. Now, there's a railway, as you know, going right over that highway. If we plant enough TNT to blow that right onto the road, it'll be blocked up for months. It was about four o'clock in the morning when we got to the highway and climbed up on the tracks of the railway. Tony stayed up above and I made my way slowly, slowly climbing down into the framework of the trestle, feeling my way along the girders. They were icy under my hands and two or three times I almost slipped. Careful! Careful, the Malnor. It's all right. Watch yourself. Watch how you handle those explosives. Do not trouble yourself about me. I told you I can work as well as any man. Then work as quietly as one. The troop train of Germans would be coming over the railway soon, and I had to finish before it came. I had a coil of wire around one arm and a pair of pliers hanging on a thong from my waist. Tony, you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Well, hand me down those packages of explosives, one at a time. Here? Here you are. Uh, all right, thanks. I shoved them in where I wanted them, packed them close. Tony, the wedges... Quickly, don't be so slow about it. I'm doing it as fast as I can. There. All right. I lashed the grenade on top of the braced explosives, wound it tight with a wire, twisted it with pliers. Finally, I was finished. There was snow on the ground, and yet my shirt was wet with perspiration. All right. Last finishing touch. That does it for this side, Tony. Now let's get to the other side. See? Give me your pliers before you drop them. Okay. Oh, I, I have helped you much this far. See? See? You've helped me much. Let me do it. No. No, we haven't any time to argue. That train will be along any minute. Please, please let me set off the explosion. Let me have that pleasure. I will follow your directions. I will do it just the way you told me. No. I... The train, it's coming. Just tell me when to pull it. All right, you win. But heaven help you if you make a mistake. Hold it now, steady. And don't pull on the wire yet. Yes, I, I will pull it softly, softly, lightly, but firm. she comes. Pull it! Nana! Nana, it's done! And I pulled the wire, Signor Nana. Nana! Nana, what is it? It is nothing. These attacks come on after. Uh, oh, no. Nana! Tony, some water, quick. No, I, I will stay with her. Donaldo, you must leave quickly. No, I'll stay. You go on. This section will be swarming with soldiers after what we've just done. And if they find you, they'll wonder what you're doing here. Men do not know how to take care of the sick. I will stay and help you. All right. Get the water. You, you should not have stayed on me. 
I would have been all right. All right, don't talk. Just rest. Donaldo! What is it? Germans coming to this house. I can see from the window. Oh, no. Oh, no, you should have gone before, not waited. No, 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 no. it's all right. Donaldo, do this one thing more, more for me. I won't leave while you hold them off for me. Is that what you want? I know them. I am a favorite of theirs. Please, Caro mio, you can escape and do more important work. And I will not be harmed if I stay behind. She's right, my son. Escape, escape. There is still time. The girl knows them. Upstairs, upstairs. They may be around the back, too, so go upstairs. Jump from the window to the roof of the barn. You can make it from there. No, Tony. Go, 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 I say. Promise not to turn back. Promise. I ran up the stairs to the tiny attic. I heard the door close downstairs, so I knew they had come in. I could distinguish their voices, too, although I couldn't hear a word they were saying. I opened the window and saw it was an easy jump to the roof. Then Tony screamed. <laughs> I forgot my promise to her and went back, flattened myself against the wall at the head of the staircase. No, no, no. I have done nothing but... I came here to take care of this this, this poor old lady. What, can you not see that she's evil? Give out another taste of the steamer. Oh, please, let the girl alone, please. Perhaps another taste of the steamer is what she needs. Signorina. Zamatone, you are always the one when there's trouble. Trouble and trouble. Ah, yeah. Meet the truth. Oh, let her alone, I beg of you. I surprised the first German when I jumped him, brought the butt of my gun down on his head again and again. But the other German was not so simple a matter. No. He had my shoulders pinned down, and I couldn't move. Then, then I saw Tony standing over us, a heavy candelabrum in her hand. Good work, Tony. Now listen to me carefully, Tony. Take my grandmother back to your house. No one will know you were here. If others question you, tell them my grandmother was here alone when someone, a stranger, took refuge here and killed the officers who came. Then she went to your house because she was afraid. Will, will you remember that? All of it. Will you be back? Will I ever see you again? Who knows? Perhaps. Perhaps. Carlina. Karina, my, my dear little Tony. Now go. Go quickly. She did. I wanted to tell you, Padre, that that's everything that's on my way here. You, you will hide me. Rest easy. If they come, you I will do what I can for you. What right are you coming in like this, breaking down the door? Do not make trouble, Padre, I warn you. No, no, this is it, the house it, of God. It's all right, Padre. It's all right. No, 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 you're mistaken. My name is not Donald Harper. I'm an Italian soldier. I, I was lost in the snow. I... My, my papers are gone. Come, come, this is tiresome. Admit it. You are the American who blew up the highway. Answer. You are mistaken, Herr Hauptmann. You are mistaken. We will see. Sergeant, send in the old man. You're Herr Hauptmann. In there with you. See, si, Hauptmann. In there with you. See, si. see, si, I come. I come. 
Oh, I... <laughs> you recognize him, I see. That's Alan Zimir. What is this man's name? Be high there. Harper. Harper. Donald Harper. The senor is an American. Now I have told you, you will let Solon see. You have talked enough, Gona. You will leave my daughter and me alone, and the old lady too, now that I have told you. We have done nothing to do with it. Any yeah, 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 yeah. But you will not tell my daughter. You promise, remember. She has a soft heart. It would distress her. Take him away, God. You will let us alone. Come now. On, see, come. see, we are on your Come side. On, Loyal fascists. You have nothing to say. Everything has been said for me. That highway has been completely destroyed. I'm delighted to hear it. That many loyal soldiers as I have been killed. Well, thank you for telling me. And what is more, you are in Italian uniform. A spy. Bullets are too good to waste on you, American. But a rope can be used again. Sergeant! Your high Hartman. Take this man out and hang him. <laughs> But I cannot do this. You will do as you are told, Herr Doctor. Here is the death certificate of the American who was hanged this morning. Sign it. And the cause of death you wanted, I should write. <laughs> as I told you. Just as I told you. Heart failure. A pity. <laughs> Some weeks later, two retreating German battalions found their escape through the Brenner Pass blocked. Captain Harper had done his job well, and the onrushing American troops caught the enemy with their backs to a mountain. Though Donald Harper did not live to see victory, he shared in it. And once again, the record of an OSS agent closes with the words, Mission accomplished. A further adventure in black warfare is next week's... Cloak and Dagger. Heard in today's Cloak and Dagger adventure were Everett Sloan, Hester Sondergaard, Barry Kroger... Louis Soren, Virginia Payne, Raymond Edward Johnson, Carl Weber, and Boris Aplin. Script was by Winifred Wolfe. Music was under the direction of John Gart. Today's true OSS adventure was based on the book Cloak and Dagger by Corey Ford and Alistair McBain. This has been a Louis G. Cowan production in association with Alfred Hollander and was under the direction and supervision of Sherman Marks. Stay tuned for Fibber McGee and Molly next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Fibber McGee and Molly. And tonight's episode is entitled, Why is Everybody So Nice? The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Marion and Jim Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Billy Mills Orchestra, and our new vocal feature, The King's Men. The show opens with Holy Smoke, Can't You Take a Joke? (laughs) 
The worst way to start the day off is to get out of bed on the wrong side, especially if your bed is right next to an open window. So here, climbing back through the window in his pajamas, holding his ears against the cold, as his wife holds her ears against his language, we find Fibber McGee and Molly.
see a skin specialist. What's the matter with his skin? It's getting so thick I can't insult him anymore. (laughs) Well, throw them moth-eating mallards out in the garbage can and let's have breakfast. Oh, well, all right, dearie. I'll throw them out right away. Anything you say. Good, and I got... What was that? I said anything you say, McGee. You know best. (laughs) Oh, no, I don't, Molly. (laughs) Not always. Why, of course you do. I... I do? Certainly. Well, okay. Let's keep the ducks, then. (laughs) No use throwing away good food, is there? No, and I'm sorry I suggested it. Oh, forget it, Molly. We'll all make mistakes. You're just impulsive. (laughs) I know. Now, come on and have your breakfast. I've got some nice country sausage. Can't we have a minute's quiet in this house? Here I am, half sick with the indigestion, and I can't even eat my wheat cakes and pork sausage in peace. Calm yourself, McGee. I'll see who it is. Come in. Hello there, daughter. Hello, Johnny. How you fixed for Valentine? I got some got some beauties here with cupids on them, but I'd advise you not to take them. What's the matter with the cupids? Oh, too risque, daughter. Kids ain't dressed decent. Oh. Hey? Don't believe we want any old timer. Personally, I can never decide between the comic ones and the sentimental ones. Never know whether to wow them or woo them. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good, Johnny. And that's exactly the way I hear it. (laughs) It is? Yep. Detail for detail? Yep. Word for word? Yep. Well, not quite, Johnny. The way I hear it, one feller says to tell a feller, say, says, I see where they had quite a cold snap down south. I'll say the did says to tell a feller, got so cold the bull weevils were swapping a bale of cotton for a pound of wool. <laughs> say, uh, didn't you get up kind of early today, Johnny? Oh, no, this is not early for me. I used to get up at four o'clock when I was a bugler in the army. Bugler, eh? Yep, and a good one, too, if I do say so myself. Even got decorated by General Pershing. And as he was pinning the medal on me, he says, Boys, he says, there's nobody in the Army that knows the bugle like McGee. Bugle knows McGee, I was known as an end Oh, my. Bugle knows McGee, the brainiest blower of the battle bazooka that ever bulldozed a battalion of brave boys to bolt bed and blanket for bath and breakfast by blaring the battle of bellows on the brass bagpipes bringing bravos and bouquets by my brilliant performance of ballads and banquets, benefits and barbecues, and boosted as the Beethoven of the bugle from Mr. Brown's way back in Europe. What's that I smell? Your cake and syrup.
of them cakes and sausage good. I'm so dead red at stuffed I could hardly get dressed. Look, I can't even get my belt around me. That's the strap off your wristwatch, dearie. Huh? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I wondered what made that buckle tick like that. I see you shaved, too. Yeah, I didn't want this Orson Welles guy to get the idea he'd started a fad. <laughs> oh, boy, am I stuck. Well, come on, let's go for a walk, Molly. All right, dearie. Let me help you on with your coat. Huh? Oh. There. Well. My, you look so well in a Mackinac. <laughs> but I guess you're just the outdoor type. Oh, go on, am I really? Oh, shucks, honey. Hey, where's my other mitten? Oh, dear. McGee, if you lose those mittens once more, I'll have to put the string back on them. Okay, I'll be careful. Let's go, Molly. Oh, my, my, it's lovely Hey, don't walk so fast, Molly. I'm too full of breakfast. All right. Here, let's hold hands. Huh? Oh, oh, okay. You know, we ought to... Now, look, McGee. Huh? Here comes Mrs. Uppington. Uh Uh-oh. Look at her walking along with her nose up in the air. She holds her head so high, she's got a double chin on the back of her neck. Well, I'm afraid we'll have to stop and talk to the old cat. She's... Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Uppington? So nice to see you. Oh, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? And uh, Mr. McGee? Hi, Uppy. <laughs> what you limping for, Uppy? You got a Charlie horse? Well, if she has, I'll bet it's a thoroughbred. <laughs> well, it's really a result of trying to form our Whistful Vista Concert Orchestra. Oh. Yes, you see, when Maestro Mills took me to reclaim some of the band instruments from the, um... Uh, oh, now, what do you call those quaint little novelty stores with the three big grapefruit over the door? Oh, uh, could they perchance be, uh, hawk shops? Oh, yes, hawk shops. Oh, my... <laughs> oh, you know, I always believed those were some sort of fruit and vegetable store. <laughs> well, they are kind of uppy, in a way. That's where you go to trade your old ten-carat turnip for five berries. <laughs> oh, boy, am I hot tonight. <laughs> Well, what's that got to do with your limp, Uppy? Oh, oh, yes. yes oh, limp. really, I, I'm almost ashamed to tell you it's so ridiculous. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, you see, the back seat of my town car was simply filled with band instruments, and I, well, somehow I got trapped in a tuba. <laughs> oh, really, such a time as we had. <laughs> and to extricate me, Dr. Mills had to play three choruses of Ain't You Coming Out? <laughs> Keep walking. I'm cold. We don't get Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. Well, hello there, folks. Stop for a little constitutional? No, just taking a walk. <laughs> is that so? Well, walking is great stuff, all right. Yeah. But that isn't the way I get my exercise. Uh-oh. Folks, in the year 1900 A.D., a little child was born. And as he toddled across the kitchen floor of a modest little home in Omaha, Nebraska, he saw in his childish imagination a vision. A vision of himself as a grown man, still toddling about a kitchen floor. <laughs> that floor is your floor, folks. And that man stands before us tonight, Harlow Wilcox. You take it from there, Harpo. <laughs> what in the world are you talking about? I was about to tell you how I got my daily exercise. Oh, well, how do you get your exercise, Mr. Wilcox? Yes, Harlow. As the Indian chief said to his long-lost brother, who he hadn't seen for 25 years, because he'd been working in the mint, Posing for pennies. How? 
<laughs> Why, uh, it's simple. Setting up exercises in the morning, a brisk canter through the park, hour or so of handball in the gym, and, uh... Well, go on. Don't you get any exercise, uh, delivering those big cans of, uh... Oh, you know. Oh, yes, that too. Well, glad to have seen you looking so well, Fibber. Keep it up, pal. We're all proud of you. Well, so long, Molly. Take good care of that old Fibber boy. Ah, goodbye, Mr. Gildock. Guy. Well, as the president says, when they asked him about his third term. <laughs> Molly, do you realize he didn't say a word about Johnson's glow coat? Why, he didn't, did he? Or how marvelous Johnson's self polishing glow coat is for linoleum floor? And did you hear how he talked about me? They're proud of me, he says. An old fibber boy. Well, I don't see anything wrong in that. We are proud of him. Why? Hey, what is all this anyway? What? Everybody being so dad ratted nice to me. First Gildersleeve comes along. Ah, oh, and... there. Good day, short, sharp, and ship shape. <laughs> Good day to you, my dear. Hi, Boomer. Been looking for you, charming people. Want to present you with a couple of tickets to the preview of Pinocchio. Oh, how nice. Oh, come off of it, Boomer. You don't give nobody nothing. What's the angle? There is no angle, worm. <laughs> Just because I love you, chum. Now, let me see. Where'd I put those tickets for Pinocchio? Pinocchio, Pinocchio. I think it's all a jokey <laughs> Now, let me see. Here's a letter from my nephew, Agamemnon. Says he would have passed the bar examination, but he flunked in dry martinis. <laughs> Handful of uh, crossword puzzles. Ah, yes. I was saving those for a brainy day. Hmm, what's this? Oh, here's a funeral notice of an old friend of mine. Poor lad. He was an expert at telling mushrooms from toadstools. He thought. <laughs> yeah, so here's a neat little stiletto. Hope to play a game of mumbly peg on a certain party's epiglottis tonight. Well, well, imagine this. Here they are, two tickets to Pinocchio. <laughs> Why, not at all, my dear. Glad to do it. Always been an admirer of yours and your handsome little husband. Good day. My handsome little husband. Oh, Molly, come on. What goes on here? I'll get a nasty answer out of somebody if it takes all the king's horses and all the king's men. Are the king's horses here? No, but the king's men are. Huh? Oh, oh, that's swell. Folks, we present the king's men who will sing a beloved old American classic, The King's Men. And when he 
when he sliced them in the rough. E-I-E-I-O. Cuss, cuss here, and a cuss, cuss there, and here, cuss there, cuss there, for a bang, 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 here, and a bang, bang, there. Here, bang, 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 there, for a bang, 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 here, and a four there. Here, four there, for every one for you. Old MacDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. He drove the ball clear out of bounds. E-I-E-I-O. and sausages, Molly. Uh, wasn't that terrible of me? Oh, I'm such a bad girl to you, aren't I? Awesome. Hey, I wish I knew what was going on around here. There's so dad ratted much sweetness and light, I'm getting a little suspicious. What's the matter, Molly? Oh, here comes that little girl from across the street, McGee. Good. Maybe I can pick a fight with her. Now, McGee, pick a fight with somebody your own size. Well, she's just about the size of the fight I want to pick. <laughs> Hi, little girl. Hi, mister. What you doing? Taking a walk. Oh, no place. Hmm? I says no place. Not walking anywhere. Well, gee, then how do you know when you get there, hmm? <laughs> now, listen, sis. I ain't in any mood for polite chit-chat. Now, let me pass. I got to finish my walk. Okay. Can I take a walk with you, please, mister? Hmm? Can I please? Hmm? I like you. <laughs> no, you can't take a walk with me. This is walk for my health. Oh. Well, remember what Confucius said. What did Confucius say? Confucius say, quote, Man take long walk, matter of health. Lady take long walk, matter of form, unquote. I don't believe there ever was a guy named Confucius. Me either, I betcha. Huh? Hmm? Don't you think Confucius ever lived? No. Huh? <laughs> no. I think he was the little Mandarin who wasn't there, I betcha. <laughs> What's so wrong, mister? Now, don't forget I'm going to marry you when you grow up. You're going to marry me when I grow up. <laughs> when I grow up? Hey, did she say that? Why now, that? Now, calm yourself, calm yourself. We're almost home. Oh, oh there's Mr. Gildersleeve's great Dane. Ah, uh, he's brought you a stick, McGee. He wants you to throw it for him to fetch back. I'll throw it for him. Here, Hammett, give me that stick. 
throw this to Dad Rat at far by the time he gets back, he'll be a great, 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 great Dane. There. Go fetch it, Hamlet. Oh! Heavenly days, McGee. Look what you did. Huh? Broke a wind in Mr. Gildersleeve's house. Well, Dad Rat, it wasn't my fault. I just threw it where the dog told me to. You're perfectly right, dearie. That dog should be taught not to give people sticks to throw and break windows uh, with. But just to be safe, we'd better get in the house. Oh, let's stay right here. I don't give a darn if I broke Gildersleeve's window. I hope Gildersleeve does get sore. I've been just pining for a crossword from somebody all day. Well, here he comes, McGee. This ought to be good. The minute he lands with his right, I'll cross with my left. <clears throat> give him the old Dempsey one, too. <clears throat> Ooh! Stop shadowboxing, McGee, before you knock yourself out. Well, I'm glad I finally got... McGee! Did you break my dining room window? Well, uh, you see, Mr. Gildersleeve... Now, let me handle this, Molly. (laughs) Yes, Gildersleeve, I did bust your window. So what? It was a peach of a shot if I ever saw one. (laughs) You mean... (laughs) I'll bet you didn't do it on the first try. Why, he did too, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, yeah? Dad, rat at Gildersleeve, I did, I tell you. Uh, I just took that stick and wound up like this and, and let her flicker. Like that. Oh, gee, Gildersleeve, I, I didn't mean That to... was splendid, McGee. You've got a wonderful eye. <laughs> but, Mr. Gildersleeve, that was the stained glass window in your dining room. Why, it's ruined. Yes, I know. Shake hands, McGee. Huh? If you had to sit at my breakfast table every morning under that stained glass window and see my mother-in-law in Technicolor... Well... <laughs> Oh, Chuck's Gildersleeve, I... will bet you can't make it three out of three, McGee. Huh? Come on, try it again. Oh, oh, now, wait a minute there. Come on, McGee. See if you can hit that little window up there on the left. Huh? Upstairs. Way up there? Yeah. We'll surprise my wife. She's taking a bath. Oh, <laughs> oh no, thanks, Gilly. I'd like to, but no, no, I better not. Oh, scaredy cat. I ain't either a scaredy cat. Oh, here, stop it, you two. Control your energy. The marble season will open soon. <laughs> Just send us a bill for the broken windows, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, no, forget it, folks. I enjoyed it. What? Well, thanks a lot, McGee. My, I wish I could throw an old stick like you. <laughs> <laughs> that does it, Molly. That does it. That absolutely does it. Does what, darling? And never mind that darling stuff, too, either. I want to know what's got into everybody. Uh, hey, Molly. Yes? Look me in the eye. Yes? Did you go and buy that fur coat after we decided that it cost too much? Is that no, the why you been... No, no, dearie. I didn't buy it. No, I guess you didn't. That wouldn't explain why Boomer and Wilcox and everybody's been so dad-ratted nicey-nice. Molly, for the love of Mike, what is it? I can't stand all this stuff. Everything is too pleasant. I ain't used to it. Please, Molly, what is it? Ah, uh, heavenly days, McGee, don't you know? What? Why, this is your birthday. My birthday? Oh, why don't somebody tell me these things? Since I was born. Automobiles, radio, television. 
I'll bet one of these days we have television sets right in our own automobile. Oh, no. Yeah, imagine driving along in your own car and seeing Fibber McGee's face right on your dashboard. Oh. Yeah. Wonderful. Right next to the choke. Good night. Good night, all. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Challenge of the Yukon, followed by The Baby Snook Show. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. Stay tuned for Ziggy and Stardust next on Zuma Radio. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.